Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This week, we'll learn what it means to be a shepherd in our 21st century world. Dr. Lonnie Shipman will debut his brand new book that proves through archaeology that the Bible is completely and totally accurate. And today, we have an exciting update about our Columbus Conference that is only 16 days away. Over a dozen speakers will be there, including Jonathan Kahn and Bill Federer. They'll all be a part of our Columbus, Ohio Conference. With the exciting details, here's Josh Davis with Micah and Clayton Van Hus. I'm privileged to be joined in the studio with two of my ministry colleagues at Southwest Radio Ministries, Micah Van Hus and Clayton Van Hus, and we are bringing you information about our upcoming Columbus, Ohio Conference coming up October 26th through the 28th. And friends, we encourage you to register today. We're going to be hearing from Clayton and from Micah, both describing some of the things that they're going to be talking about while we are there together in Columbus. And this is just a preview of what you can experience when you come to the Columbus Conference. Again, it's October 26th through the 28th, and you can register by calling us today at 1-800-652-1144, or you can register online by going to swrc.com, click on Events, and click on the Columbus, Ohio Conference, and there's a full registration page where you can find out more information about all the speakers, hotel discounts that we have, and a registration link where you can do it all online from our website. That's swrc.com. We'll be reminding you about that as we go on in today's program, but let's hear from Clayton. And Clayton, this will be your first time getting to speak at one of our conferences. Is that correct? That is correct, Josh. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, we're so glad to have you on board. Why don't you just remind our listeners what you're doing with Southwest Radio Ministries and the ministry branch that you are helping to oversee? Sure. We are, we are actually in the process of forming this branch. It is called a firm, and it is apologetics, biblical apologetics. And my background is through archaeology. So personally, I'll be speaking about using archaeology for apologetics, going and seeing the biblical record in the ground. It's a great tool for that sort of thing. So what are some of the topics that you'll be talking about? Maybe you want to let our listeners know some of the information that you're going to be sharing at the Columbus Conference. Sure, absolutely. First of all, let me just say about biblical archaeology, one thing it does is it illuminates the text. We're not going to be proving miracles or anything like that. What we're going to do is with the things we find, it will illuminate what we read in the text. And of course, we know God's Word is true. So my first topic is a star and a scepter. And that's kind of a visual thing. You can picture a star and you can picture a scepter. Everybody knows what a star is and everybody knows what a scepter is, right? A scepter is this amazing golden stick covered in jewels that a king carries around and he points it at people and does things with it, right? That's, Mm -hmm. well, that's the idea we have. But actually when this prophecy was given by Balaam, we can read about it in Numbers 24, 17, the star and the scepter. He says, I see now. He says, I see it far away. I see it, but it's not near. He's saying somewhere in the future, out of Jacob will arise a star and a scepter. 
and the scepter will smash the forehead of Moab. You know, that's kind of weird, right? Mm -hmm. Well, because in biblical times, when you said a scepter, kings carried a weapon, a mace, and a mace is a stick with a rock on the end. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what a scepter is. So your, your symbol of authority is also something you can use to, to back up your authority. You'll see mm. images of Egyptian pharaohs holding their enemies by the hair, and the other hand is raised over their head holding their mace. That's their scepter. You'll also see that in some of the false gods, images of Baal. He is holding in one hand a lightning bolt and in the other uh, a mace over mm. his head. Wow. Um, all throughout the ancient Near East. So we understand by that that out of Jacob will come this king but also there's a star, and the star is often missed. People don't really understand. We see a star, and we think someone who's bright, someone who's shining, someone who stands out, right? This star is a specific star, and we'll, we'll see that later, but a star is the symbol of divinity. All the way back in Mesopotamia, if you read cuneiform writing, you will see a star symbol. Anytime mm. you see a god or a, something heavenly, this symbol Uh, It's called a dingir. It's uh, in front of the name, in front of the word. And it tells you that it's celestial. And so gods were worshipped by stars. You can read in the Minor Prophets about uh, the Israelites taking the star of their gods. We see throughout history the idea that this star is believed to represent the Messiah. So he's a Mm. king, but he's also divine. And we know that Israel has one God. We know who that is. That is he who is And um, we see Jesus' confirmation of this. This is very interesting. I don't want to give away too much. Sure. Because you got to come. Right. But um, this Numbers 2417 prophecy is actually verified by Jesus himself in his next to the last words. The penultimate thing that Jesus says in the Bible is he verifies that he is fulfilling that prophecy. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, we see that Jesus is that star and that scepter. He is the son of David, but he is also the bright and morning star. Mm-hmm. And um, the book of Revelation, you know, we always think, oh, it's so hard to understand, so hard to get. Well, it's called the book of Revelation, which yes. means revealing. It's not the book of hidden things. So yeah, the Numbers twenty four seventeen prophecy, when we think of the story of Balaam, the false, he wasn't a false prophet, he prophesied correctly, but he was an evil and wicked prophet. And when we think of him, we just think of a talking donkey. Mm-hmm. But his prophecy given from uh, Mount Nebo was, was, and Mount Peor was, was so much more. It was um, a beautiful prophecy that uh, we see throughout Scripture. We see throughout history, Jesus fulfilling, and then Jesus himself verifying it. Mm. And Clayton, we'll come back to you in just a minute, but let's welcome in Micah Van Hus. Hey, Micah, how are you today? I'm pretty awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Glad that you could join us. Now, uh, why don't you just remind our listeners, I know that you have segments here on Watchmen on the Wall, but just remind our listeners, what is the branch of ministry that you help to oversee for Southwest Radio Ministries? So I'm the executive producer of Marginal Mysteries, and that is uh, anything uh, to do with Elohim's universe that is mysterious. Um, we love to talk about it. We're not afraid to take any question or, uh, or broach any topic, because there are all kinds of topics in Scripture that God uh, chose to include in Scripture that, you know, a lot of pastors and folks don't talk about, that's fine. Uh, I don't have a flock of sheep in in a local church. So basically, a lot of those topics, such as the giants in the Bible, creation and other things going on that people, you know, don't necessarily like to broach in their church. You know, I'm I'm happy to broach any subject, uh, any question anybody has. We're not afraid of it. Uh, For instance, as Clayton was just talking about the star, 
and how the uh, angels, um, in his particular case, the Messiah, was associated with a star. We find all kinds of associations uh, from ancient writings, not just scripture, but also in scripture of angels being associated with stars or the gods uh, or the sons of God being associated with stars. Uh, we find it in the book of Job that at, when the foundations of the universe were laid, uh, of the world were laid, that the stars sung in praises to God. Mm-hmm. Interesting on that, and as we get into one of the topics I'll be talking about at the Ohio Conference is The Earth As It Was, which is my latest book titled The Earth As It Was. My speculation about uh, how I believe that the antediluvian world was before the flood of Noah, things were vastly different. At the end of Genesis chapter 1, uh, the last thing it talks about is the, the angels that God created during the six days of creation. Now, I don't think that that means every angel that exists was created at creation. I think that the angels that were created for the earth were created during the six days of creation. Because in Job, it says the angels associating them with stars sang praises at the foundations of the earth, which I think is more likely the orb of water that mm-hmm. was here before the six days of creation. So I do think that there's angels outside of our timeline, outside of our physical realm, and angels in our physical realm. And of course, that includes demons and uh, devils, because they're here on the earth too. Now, that brings up another interesting point, which we talk a little bit about uh, in my presentation, is, is that do spiritual beings exist in our timeline? Do they exist outside of our timeline? I do believe that the angels and demons that are here on the earth exist in our timeline, because Daniel chapter 10 an angel comes to Daniel, likely Gabriel, we don't know that for sure, and says, you prayed 21 days ago, and I came to answer your prayer, but I was delayed by the prince of Persia, and I fought with him. And then Michael, the archangel, came and took my place so that I could come answer your prayers. So mm-hmm. that, I think, quite obviously shows us that the angels on the earth are in our physical timeline. Now, angels outside of the earth, I believe, and scientists agree, that time is a physical construct. It is a dimension of our reality, such as If you spend time in outer space, time moves slower for you than it does for the rest of people on Earth, especially as you get closer to a planet in the gravitational pull. So gravity has to do with the passing of time. A fascinating topic that I do believe some exist outside of our timeline and some in. There's all kinds of things we get into in the Earth as it was. You can get a copy of the Earth as it was on the Marginal Mysteries website. That's marginalmysteries.com, marginalmysteries.com. Not only do we have the books for sale, books that I've written, but also books that other folks wrote in the past in the marginal mysteries genre. You can see all the videos that we produce and yeah. put on YouTube, put on Facebook, all the interesting stuff. But in the earth as it was, and in the presentation, we talk about the firmament that I believe was in the sky, which is a layer of water, which turned to ice very quickly after creation. So a layer of ice in the atmosphere, which I believe allowed for the 40 days of raining at the flood after the windows of heaven were broken up, fountains of the great deep were broken up. We talk about the dinosaurs that existed not only on the earth before the flood, but also after the flood. I do believe that dinosaurs still exist today. They're called Mm -hmm. alligators. Now, a lot of evolutionists and quote-unquote scientists will say, well, no, they're different from dinosaurs because of this, that, or the other. But what scientists do agree on is that the alligators are older than the dinosaurs. Mm. So my question is, the the quote-unquote comet that supposedly killed the dinosaurs, how come it didn't kill the alligators uh, as well? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's not just alligators. There are reports of all kinds of fascinating creatures. Uh, One uh, about the Buru in the Himalayan mountains from 1947 was the last time one was seen. Giant uh, snake-headed creature on a 30-foot body with a long tail and spikes. 
two different tribes in the Himalayan mountains uh, talked to the British explorer about the Buru, and it was a legend in those hills. That's in the book, The Earth As It Was. Also, the tombstone thunderbird, which is most likely a pterodon, a pterodactyl-type mm. uh, creature that plagues the southwest United States. People have sightings of it all the time. Just fascinating stuff. So I, I believe, you know, dinosaurs, they have small lungs and small nostrils, and with more oxygen in the atmosphere in the antediluvian Earth, they were able to breathe with the lungs of the size of a horse and nostrils the size of a horse an 80-foot-tall titanosaur, mm-hmm. uh, was able to breathe. There was more oxygen and more pressure enabling the oxygen, the blood to carry more oxygen. After the flood, the firmament is gone. There's not as much pressure on the earth. The oxygen in the atmosphere is not as much. Uh, we see that in amber that is uh, from the antediluvian world. Uh, has 31% oxygen inside the amber, whereas now we have 21% oxygen. So mm-hmm. oxygen is much less today. So after the flood, obviously Noah didn't have to bring full-grown titanosaurs, 80-foot-tall titanosaurs on the ark probably brought babies. Um, he's a smart guy. He was 600 years old at the time, so he was a smart guy. He brought small dinosaurs. So after the flood, I think you have dinosaurs, as they get bigger, are not able to breathe as well. Over time, they adapt. They become smaller. Microevolution, I hate using the word evolution, but mm-hmm. microevolution is part of God's creation. It's the yeah. adaptation. Adaptation, uh, yes. What Darwin saw with the finches, that was not that was not evolution, what we call it today. That is not changing from one kind to another. That's right. adaptation. Not only did the dinosaurs get smaller and get killed off, because, but they also got killed off because they were dangerous uh, to humans. So we have uh, murals of folks in Africa hunting what look like velociraptors. These are artifacts that we have found, um, all kinds of awesome things, giving us evidence that dinosaurs uh, lasted up into, I think today, but into the 1000 AD. The story of St. George killing the dragon, which had gotten, by that time, so small it was the same size as his horse. All kinds of legends of uh, dinosaurs and things going on. We don't just talk about the dinosaurs. We talk about the flood. We talk about the watchers in Genesis chapter 6 who descended on the earth, took women, had offspring, which we call the Nephilim, the giants that we find in the Bible, and um, all kinds of fascinating things that we talk about in there. The Nephilim in Scripture, the giants, had six fingers. And so we see that um, in paintings all over the United States, all over the world. But the Southwest United States uh, particularly has some good stories of giants that uh, occupied the United States. In the Old World Roots of the Cherokee, it is a book that talks about Cherokee heritage. And in it, they say that the Indians would show their hand as a greeting. Everybody that's watched old Westerns Mm -hmm. um, see that the Indians show their hands and they say, how? Well, that was actually, according to the Old World Roots of the Cherokee, to see how many fingers you had on your hand. Because you may not have been a giant, but if you had giant's blood in your veins, there's a possibility you had six fingers on your hand. And so they would know that you had the traits of bloodlust and violence. And so just fascinating things that we talk about. Yeah. Any other questions? Let me know. Yeah, well, we'll come back to you, Micah, in just a few minutes. But friends, we want to take just a second and remind you how you can register for the Columbus Conference. Today, we're just giving you a highlight, a preview, just a, a taste of what you can experience at the Columbus, Ohio Conference coming up later this month. It's October 26th through the 28th, three full days with over a dozen speakers, all kinds of topics like you're hearing from Clayton with biblical archaeology, biblical mysteries, as Micah was just expounding upon. I'll be doing some with Bible prophecy and what we see happening in our world. One of the segments that I do here on the radio very frequently, including this past Friday, And a shorter segment on tomorrow's program is the One World Update, and I'll be giving a full 45-minute presentation 
on One World Update and what we see happening, and I try to keep it as fresh and as up-to-date as possible every time we have a conference. And we're certainly looking forward to being there October 26th through the 28th in Columbus, Ohio. It's taking place at the Embassy Suites near the Columbus Airport. There's information on our website where you can register and you can find out much more information. Our website is swrc.com. Click on Events and then click on the Columbus Ohio Conference, and you will see all the details there. Again, that's swrc.com. Now you can register by phone as well by calling us toll-free at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The speakers include folks like Jonathan Kahn, Bill Federer, Doug Stauffer, Mac Dominic, Donald Perkins, Kenneth Hill, Larry Spargimino, Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, Micah, Clayton, myself, Lonnie Shipman, and others. And we are looking forward to just an action-packed three days in Columbus, Ohio. It's our largest conference of the year. And friends, we would love to see you there. Clayton and Micah are describing their conference uh, presentations for us, but I'll have to tell you, I've got firsthand knowledge that they are visually stunning. So all those things that Micah was describing, He's got great visuals to back it up. Visually and stunning. You're talking about our presentations? Your presentation, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Vi- yes, both and. Let's say both and, okay. <laughs> um, well, I've never been described like that. Thanks, yeah. Josh. You're welcome, Micah. You're welcome. But uh, their, their presentations are so great, and they do a wonderful job bringing in the visual arts and uh, using that as a filter. And both Clayton and Micah have degrees in that field. So it's one thing to hear it through the audio version as they're trying to describe these things. But when you come to the conference, you can see it firsthand and you can see these actual proofs like Michael was describing, some of the dragons that have been discovered in in recent times, some of the archaeological discoveries that they have found. Clayton has images and all kinds of things that he walks through. So it's just a whole nother dimension of exploration and discovery for you when you come to one of our conferences. Clayton, you described the star and the scepter. What's some of the other things that you will be talking about at the Columbus conferences? Sure. We'll also be talking about finding the future in the past. What we're doing there is this is a general overview of apologetics through archaeology. We're going to be going through some of the sites that have been explored. I myself dig at Tel Shiloh, which is ancient Shiloh. It was the first capital of Israel where the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant sat for over 300 years. So we we get our hands on things. We're finding interesting things in the ground that affirm, that illuminate the text of the Bible. We can read about them, and sometimes with our modern understanding of culture, we, we miss things. But if you understand the history and the culture behind the text, all of a sudden things come clearly into view. And one of the things we're going to be talking about in this is applying what we learn. You're going to hear a lot of people say that, well, the Bible's not true. It's just a bunch of myths, a bunch Mm -hmm. of legends, a bunch of Mm -hmm. fairy tales. Well, that's not what we're finding in the ground. People say King David never existed. Oh, he absolutely existed. Not only that, but we have remarkable evidence of a, a great infrastructure, a government kingdom under him and Solomon that it's just, it's fascinating. Wow. People will say the Exodus never happened. 
that these are just made-up myths, but no, through archaeology, through epigraphy, through, you know, just careful Bible study, we have found so many amazing things that relate to the Exodus. The Exodus and the conquest, they stand together. Mm-hmm. And uh, where I studied archaeology, I am studying, just finishing up my degree there, we study conquest sites. We study Joshua and the Israelites coming into the land, places like Shiloh, mm-hmm. places like Ai, the biblical city of Ai. We study Jericho. It's, it's a fascinating world, and it's so full of things that are affirming and encouraging to Christians, and that's what this, this talk is going to be all about. Yeah. And Micah, I know that you've got a brand new talk that you'll be debuting at the Columbus Conference. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, we'll be uh, doing my Secret Societies presentation. Before I get into that, Clayton mentioned Joshua and the Conquest of Joshua. One thing I never understood as a child is why did God tell Joshua sometimes to conquer the people, but sometimes God said to kill the men, women, children, and animals. And I never understood that until I learned about the giants and what the giants were doing to corrupt Elim's creation before the flood, but also after. Joshua was conquering the giants, the Anakim, the Rephaim, the Zimims, those that were left over, those that came back after the flood. Every instance in scripture that I can find where God tells Joshua to utterly wipe them out, they're a race of giants. Now, instead of backing up, let's move forward on the next topic, secret societies. This will be a brand new presentation for the Columbus, Ohio conference. I have not given this presentation uh, yet. The book is almost done, so stay tuned for the secret societies book. Yeah. But in the secret society presentation, it's been a fascinating study. And the one topic I'll talk about in the few minutes we have left is the origin of secret societies. Where did secret societies, from where did they come? Well, first let's start with uh, Freemasons. A lot of Freemasons will say that Solomon was the first grand marshal of the Freemasons, but that is not entirely true. They want Solomon to be the first one, but actually it goes all the way back to Nimrod. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the founding Mason documents from 1390 AD says that Nimrod was the first grandmaster of the Masons, that uh, he built Babylon, used his knowledge to build a lot of, a lot of uh, ancient documents from Josephus to others say that Nimrod built the Tower of Babel. We don't know that for sure, but he did build Babylon, and that could include the Tower of Babel, and according to some documents he did. Um, the scripture doesn't say that directly. But so Nimrod, after the flood, he's the grandson of Ham, so he's the great-grandson of Noah, the son of Cush. Nimrod was a mighty hunter, which is a hunter of men, a, a conqueror of kingdoms and a kingdom builder. Where did Nimrod get his knowledge to build Babylon? The Masons say that he had this Masonic knowledge to build possibly the Tower of Babel. Well, we can even trace that back to the Watchers in Genesis chapter 6, in my opinion. First, we have from the Garden of Eden, from the creation of humankind, angels, uh, evil angels, trying to corrupt Elohim's creation. In the Garden, the serpent, possessed or influenced by, or even possibly an angel himself, got Eve to eat of the fruit. We don't know. A lot of people say that Satan. Um, the book of Enoch says it's Gadriel. Either way, an angel got Eve to uh, tempt Adam to sin, which brings up an interesting question. If Adam and Eve had not eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, at what point would the watchers have gotten to them and had them commit mm. something bad? Because in Genesis chapter 6, in the days of Jared, the fifth from Adam, they came down and corrupted mankind through that knowledge. So the story goes in, in Genesis chapter 4, the sons of Lamech, um, Jubal and Jabal, they're, they play the harp, they play the organ, they're animal husbands. Their son, Tubal-Cain, is an artificer of metal. 
all this knowledge that we see in Scripture, but also um, talked about in the book of Enoch that the watchers taught all kinds of forbidden knowledge to mankind, war, swords, makeup, jewelry, abortion, all this stuff, astrology. Other ancient writings say that the sons of Lamech knew that God was going to destroy the world with uh, either fire or water. They didn't know which, so they made two pillars, one to just survive water and one that would survive fire, and they wrote all the knowledge of the watchers on those pillars. And ancient writings say that one of those pillars survived the flood, and Hermes, the Greek god Hermes, found them and shared that knowledge with Nimrod, and that's where Nimrod got his knowledge to build Babylon. Fascinating stuff. We'll mm. be getting into it. Yeah. As I said earlier, we're just scratching the surface of the kinds of things you're going to hear at the Columbus, Ohio Conference. Again, the dates are October 26th through the 28th. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's taking place at the Embassy Suites near the Columbus Airport. And we have about a dozen different speakers, all kinds of topics, as you have heard today, just a taste of what you'll experience there. Biblical archaeology, biblical mysteries, Bible prophecy, and many other wonderful topics. You'll be enlightened, you'll be encouraged, and you'll be challenged. Your, your knowledge will grow, your faith will grow. We hope that we will see you there. October 26th through the 28th, you can register online at swrc.com, click on events, or call us today at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Micah and Clayton, thank you so much for being with me today, and we are just excited about what's going to happen at the Columbus, Ohio Conference. Hey, thank you, Josh. A unique opportunity for you and your family is almost here. Southwest Radio Ministries' three-day prophecy conference in Columbus, Ohio, October 26th through the 28th, with over a dozen speakers, including special keynote speakers Jonathan Kahn and Donald Perkins. You don't want to miss this special event. Registration is open right now. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 1144, or register at the events page of our website, swrc.com. When you register, be sure to ask about the VIP package, which includes a special VIP-only Q&A panel with the conference speakers. Listen to this lineup. Dr. Larry Spargimino, Greg Patton, Micah Van Hus, Bill Federer, Lonnie Shipman, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Josh Davis, Larry Stamm, Douglas Stauffer, Mac Dominic, and Clayton Van Hus. Bible prophecy, the latest archaeological information from Israel, biblical mysteries, a special One World Update, and Jonathan Kahn in person. Don't be left behind. Register today. October 26th through the 28th in Columbus, Ohio. 1-800-652-1144 or swrc.com and click on Events. Each year, Southwest Radio Ministries creates a unique calendar from differing parts of the world, filled with scripture, comfort, and inspiration from God's Word. We are privileged to put these together for you and know that you are then armed with His truth for the year to come. Order your Unseen Israel calendar today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Dr. Lonnie Shipman will debut his brand new book that proves through archaeology that the Bible is accurate historically, biographically, culturally, legally, geographically, medically, and even scientifically. 
So be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.